Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. Hello there, this is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to our Tech Radio show for this week with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and around the rest of the world. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie using your favourite podcast app on your smartphone or indeed listening to us on the wireless on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is our show for the week ending Friday the 22nd of May. Tons lined up for you. Uh, uh, PayPal have been caught deceiving people out of money. I always love stories like that. Uh, Also, there's a brand new tech-related movie which is coming, which I, for one, am very excited about. I'm not too sure about Niall. Um, Spotify have been making some big announcements during the week, which you'll find out about in a second. And, of course, this weekend is a huge weekend for two reasons. Not just Hackathon at DCU. Oh, yeah, Hackathon is back. But it's also Eurovision weekend, and we'll be talking about both of those in the show as well. But Niall Kitson at Tech Central HQ, let's kick off with Spotify. Three big improvements to Spotify been announced during the week. What are they? Uh, yeah, well, you're you're a more enthusiastic Spotify user than I am. I, I use it like normal people, but you're you are a paying subscriber. Am I right? I love that you use it like normal people, and I'm weird because I pay for it. <laughs> because you support the service, <laughs> that makes you weird. Uh, there you go. I'm I'm, I'm a super uh, user of Spotify. But yes, what what are the three improvements? Okay, well, three improvements, uh, one of which I would consider gimmicky, one of which I consider, oh, that's quite useful, and one of which I consider uh, kind of asking for trouble. Give me so, gimmicky uh, first. Right. Gimmicky first is tempo, which is basically uh, Spotify detects how fast you're walking or particularly when you're running and finds music to match that tempo, right? So you're, if you're out for your jog, Dusty, I know you're an avid jogger and uh, maybe your stride equivalent, uh, equates to roughly maybe 160 beats per minute. There you go. Spotify will detect that and give you some music to uh, help you along. Okay. That's okay. So that's gimmick. What's kind of useful? of useful is that Spotify have added podcasts to their catalogue. So this is great. In the not too distant future, you will be able to listen to tech radio via Spotify. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yes. So? <laughs> it's, not, it's not setting my world on fire. So that's the kind of useful one. Tell me about the one that you found most useful. And the most useful one. Spotify it wants to turn itself not just into a music and uh, podcast platform, but to a new media platform across the board. So the, the third part of the, the puzzle is uh, it's video. So uh, podcast, So uh, Spotify came out, middle of the week, said, look, we've done a bunch of video deals with uh, the likes of Comedy Central, uh, Cartoon Network, in particular Adult Swim, which is sort of their more edgy offerings, uh, NBC and the BBC, and for with ESPN. So uh, plenty of American sports on there, one would imagine. So uh, a limited number of uh, content deals. Uh, and, yeah, can you see yourself watching video? Well, you see, here's, here's where you and I differ, and this is why I love this show, because, you know, quite often we're at, at different ends of the planet. I would have put those in the exact opposite order. I would have said, yeah, well, video content is a bit bleh, pointless. I would have said uh, podcasting content is, yeah, kind of useful. And I would have said the tempo playlist is the best new edition. Ah, OK. 
Okay, right. Well, what makes you think tempo is, is more important than video? Right. Or, uh, or this, whole, than video? this whole thing comes down to, here's the way I look at it, all right? Because when you're talking about video, Spotify is a music application, all right? Yeah. It's my go-to source for music. When I want to listen to music and I want to put headphones on and I can be looking and doing other things, whatever, da 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 Spotify is it, all right? Mm. Why okay. would I ever want to watch a video on Spotify? I have YouTube. That's what I use YouTube for. Why does Spotify want to be like YouTube? All right. Oh, well, podcasting. If I want podcast, I've got my podcast app or a lot of people will use iTunes, or whatever. They go to that. Why would I use Spotify, my music app, to listen to talk radio? Well, I think it's very interesting that you draw uh, a sort of a broad comparison with iTunes there, because iTunes is kind of a dinosaur at this stage. If you look at if you look at it, I mean, iTunes is a music download store with podcasts added onto it. Spotify is a music streaming app now with a bunch of podcasts added to it. Hmm. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, you're no, you're I, actually on the cutting edge with this. You see, my, my, my point about it is, is that everybody is trying to be like everybody else. All right. So now YouTube are kind of getting into the whole music subscription and streaming area. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I never understood that. You know, why would you want to have YouTube playing on your phone while you're on the bus? Well, especially you- when you're used to getting music on YouTube for free. Well, maybe maybe that's it, like, you know, but that, that's what they're getting into. You know, kind of uh, iTunes, now they want to get into the whole streaming game because, of course, they've bought uh, uh, Beats Music and they're going to be relaunching next month and God knows what they're going to come up with. You know, why can't people just find what it is their niche that they're well known for and super serve it without weakening the entire uh, product by, oh, well, you know, we also give you video now and we also give you podcasts and stuff like that. However, can I say something in defense of Spotify after ripping okay. them apart? <laughs> the one thing that I do get from them is a sense that the video content and the podcast content that they are going to offer is very heavily curated, which means that if you said it yourself. You said they've done deals with NPR. They've done deals with BBC. They've done deals with, you know, kind of a, a, a ESPN. Do you know what I mean? This is going to be like exclusive video content or exclusive podcast content that you can get via your Spotify player. And if it's exclusive, it also means that there's going to be a certain level of professionalism to go with that content. And I think that's worth having. Yeah, I think that's that's a valid point. But have you ever sort of gone trolling through the podcasts in, uh, in iTunes and gone, oh, that's kind of interesting. I'll, I'll yes, give that I a have. listen. I have. And it might have the best production values, but it's still good. Yes. And are you familiar with the expression needle in a haystack? Well, yeah. Okay, right. I'll grant you that. But, Kiss, kissing uh, a lot of frogs before you get to that little prince. Kissing a lot of frogs. Yeah. But, you know, princes are worth meeting or there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of, but that's what annoys me about the Spotify thing. You know, kind of, uh, uh, I, I heard the announcement, oh, why are they doing video? Why are they doing, I mean, these things, yes, we just have to wait and see what it is whenever it arrives. And of course, it's not going to be available here in Ireland at first. It's the UK and the States and, uh, uh, there's one probably Germany or somebody else gets it first. It, it will come around. And when we get it, as a paying subscriber of Spotify, I'm quite sure I'll be one of the first to trial it. I would hope so. <laughs> and I'll let you know. I'll let you know what it is. Now, speaking of uh, entertainment, there's a big movie. Uh, I actually don't know when it's going to be released. But listen, let's have a listen to 
the trailer for this first and see if you can guess what the movie is. Here, have a listen. 941, the planet's going to shift on its axis, nine forever. Two most significant events of the 20th century. The Allies win the war, and this. You can't write code. You are not an engineer. What do you do? The musicians play the instruments. I play the orchestra. I sat in a garage and invented the future because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. I love that you don't care how much money a person makes. You care what they make. But what you make isn't supposed to be the best part of you. You're the only one who sees the world the same way I do. No one sees the world the same way you do. I love that. No one sees the world the same way that you do. This is, of course, the new movie of Steve Jobs starring uh, Michael Fassbender as a, a, in the chief role. Does the promo, and we've seen it on YouTube, that's just the audio track, uh, did it excite you, Niall? Um, yeah, a couple of things excited me about it, right? Um, one, uh, it, it's um, being directed by Danny Boyle mm. of... Um, Ex Machina was his was his last movie. No, sorry, that was Alex Garland. Uh, what was Danny Boyle's last movie? Do you know what? I, 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 off the top of my head, I don't know. But anyway, I'll, I'll look it up while you're, you're telling us more about it. Go on. Yeah, okay. Directed by Danny Boyle. Written by Aaron Sorkin of uh, The West Wing and Social Network. So he's yeah. got some pedigree there. And uh, as you say, starring Michael Fassbender, who's doing something that I really enjoy. This is, this is when you can tell when you're, when you're seeing a good actor at work. You see, you only see him very briefly in the clip, but you can get a sense of his voice and his mannerisms. And very often I find the best performances of people by, you know, in biopic sort of situations are by actors that don't necessarily look an awful lot like the person they're playing. Like I would go straight to Joaquin Phoenix in Walk the Line. Hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him a dead ringer for um, Johnny Cash at all. But he had the mannerisms, he, ha- he had the mood, he had all these other things that made for a great performance. And in Fassbender, I look at that and, yeah, I can see it happening. He's not cast for any sort of um, physical you know, uh, resemblance, you know, any facial resemblance whatsoever. It will come down to the quality of his performance, and I think he's a guy to do it. Um, you might remember Ashton Kutcher's film Jobs, which was two years old now at this stage. Mm. It's on Netflix. It didn't get a cinema release over here, as far as I remember. Um, it's it's not a great film, and it's very um, very selective. But Kutcher's likeness was very good. Um, so I got, I, even based on sort of the lukewarm reviews, I, I sort of had a, a notion that, well, maybe it's a bad film, but he's good in it. Uh, well, do you know, that, kind of- that really is a, 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 a brilliant observation from you because it actually is quite easy to make somebody who roughly resembles somebody else look really, really like them. You get the, the, the hair colouring right. If there's any glasses or whatever, you can stick them on, stick them in the same jeans and the polo neck shirt that Steve uh, uh, rolled out a couple of the, the, the phrases. Just one more thing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. You know, but you're right. There's something in an actor, and I think Michael Fassbender, you're absolutely right, has it in that he will be able to get across the essence of what Steve Jobs was. And what excites me, you're, de- you're dead right. Um, you know, Danny Boyle as a director uh, is fantastic. The last thing that I think people will probably know that he did, <laughs> you laugh at this, is the London 2012 Olympic opening ceremony. I, I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before that, he did, I mean, he did Slumdog Millionaire. He did uh, Sunshine. He did 28 Days uh, Later. Uh, he did The Beach, Trainspotting, all that, all that kind of stuff. Br- brilliant director. But Aaron Sorkin, I, I love his writing. 
Um, and he has written it with Walter Isaacson, who kind of wrote the definitive autobiography about Steve Jobs. Well, yeah, he, he, he wrote with Kurt Blanche from the man himself, yeah. So I think this is going to be a really, really unique insight uh, into Steve Jobs. I wonder if it's going to stick with Walter's book or whether it's going to be an interpretation. It'll have to be some kind of an interpretation because that was a big, big book by Walter Isaacson. And this is only a two hour movie. So it was, it was a big book. And I, I don't think Steve Jobs comes off particularly well in it. Mm. Would you agree? Um, in the It's a while now since I've read it. And... No, Steve Jobs didn't come across as the saint that everybody thought he was. But then again, I knew that before I started the book. <laughs> right, right. But I thought there were other sides of Steve Jobs that made me respect him even better, all right? And what I love about that promo for, for the movie, it starts off sounding like it's Star Wars, on such and such a date, the world will change, da 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I stopped the promo at that line, nobody sees the world like you do. And yeah. you know what? Steve Jobs had something, all right? And whatever that something was, he did change the world. And he changed with the Mac. He changed it with the uh, the movie business when he was in that. He changed it with the iPhone. Did you know, I was, I was only thinking of this about a week or two back. Do you remember your first encounter with a smartphone, be it an iPhone or whatever it happened to be? Just something where you had the big color screen and you were able to touch it and make things happen. Do you remember that? Uh, I do and do you and, remember your feeling well, what was I, your I feeling had, i had a touchscreen phone before i had an iphone ah right okay grant well i didn't and i remember seeing this right. iphone for the when the iphone was launched and a friend of mine went out and got it and i remember looking at it and i remember kind of thinking begrudgingly <laughs> <laughs> wow with, that with your is n95 yeah. in your pocket yeah yeah exactly uh, i said that is a piece of kit. That is awesome. That is amazing. All right. Now, that was in what? 2003, 2005? When did they release the uh, iPhone? 2007. 2007. I have not had a moment like that since until I saw virtual reality in reality uh, back a, a week or two ago, which I was talking about on the podcast. So that's why I'm yeah. excited about that. But that's but Steve Jobs gave the world that. And if you think about through history and even through the last 100 years, how many people can you count on your hand that actually changed the world? Yeah. Well, Very here's soon. a question for you, hmm. right? Because the, the trailer doesn't give us any specifics other than this is a product launch, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a quick shot of Steve Jobs at the end. So... Um, the movie comes out in October, mm-hmm. so let's let's put in a guess, a guessing game now. Which product do you think he was launching that he said that about? iPhone. iPhone. Yeah, I'm going to go with that because that is the product that people will be most familiar with, and I think that is the product that. Well, it was either the iPhone or the iPod, but I think the iPhone has been so. I mean, you can't buy an iPod now, can you? Well, you can. But, you can know, you, who, who buys an iPod now? You know, it's all iPhone, and yeah. I think it'll be the. I think the iPhone is Steve Jobs' legacy, so I think that'll be, that'll be the one. It'll be an interesting movie, though. Uh, Listen, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it will be an iPhone. Uh, while we're on Steve Jobs and iPods and music and stuff like that, uh, very quick, man. Oh no, no, actually, I'll do that in a second. Uh, PayPal uh, were in the news briefly. Tell me about their little deception thing that they were fined for. Yeah, PayPal, as Irish people, we like to see big names taken down a peg or two, don't we? Oh, yes. Um, PayPal has been taken down to the tune of $25 million in a, a court settlement, which has to be okay by a judge, but it looks like they're going to fork out. Uh, reason being, if you're a recent um, 
a subscriber or a new user to PayPal, you are given the option of taking up PayPal credit. Um, but, uh, I mean, PayPal credit is basically a credit card scheme. Uh, it's a deferred payment scheme uh, and works just like a credit card. Uh, however, uh, the option to buy now, pay later was enabled by default for new users instead of, you know, uh, being something you could opt into. The net result being a lot of people ended up with a credit facility they didn't want paying interest just like a credit facility they didn't want to pay. So, um, yeah, in the States, uh, PayPal got slapped down for that. Very simple Mm. How to not get? How to not get fined by well, this? I'll tell Switch you. The buttons around. Mm. Opt in. Opt out. Exactly. There's another crowd actually that I would like. Now, this crowd have been doing this for years, um, and what they're doing is, you know, strictly correct. But it is all a bit confusing, and I can see a lot of people landing into this. Uh, I had to make some purchases recently on Ryanair, which I normally wouldn't, and on Ticketmaster, which I normally wouldn't. Uh, so it's the first time I've come across this. After you make your purchase, you get this thing saying. Save 15 euro off your next Ryanair purchase. Click here. And then you click here and then it's enter your details here da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. All right. It's only if you're right. anal like I am and actually look for the catch and go, where's the small print? Uh, oh, what does this say? You're not just signing up for 15 euro off your next purchase with whatever that website is. It's Ryanair and Ticketmaster and there's probably a couple of other Irish ones in there. Uh, you're signing up for a 12 euro a month subscription for some consumer saving something. I don't even know what it is. All right. But huh. that's what's in the small print and you've got to watch it. So if you are doing any shopping on Ticketmaster and those kind of it's just it's the way it's presented. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's sly. It's mean. It's it's not uh, uh, put across, you know, kind of very clear to say you are actually subscribing to something that will cost you 12 euro a month. And we'd like to thank you by yeah. giving you 15 euro free. No, it's done the other way around. And that is not on. Uh, and I find that there's another the, uh, uh, very well-known TV and uh, internet uh, company here in Ireland who do exactly the same thing when you're signing up to their new products and they don't describe them properly. Uh, they advertise all the time to say such and such for only 25 euro a month. For six months only. <laughs> mm. yeah. Anyways, anyways, yeah. this uh, this weekend, Eurovision, you're going to be watching it? Yeah, well, you're a Eurovision guy as well. And oh, yeah. Probably more so than I am. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, I, probably not, I no. enjoy just all the, uh, the glitz and the pure cheese of the event. That's it. That's what yeah. I like. And I like the voting. That's it. It's a bit of crack. Uh, musically, oh, my God, no. It's it's a place where ethnic difficulties are are settled. You know? oh, really, I, I, I wouldn't it's, even it's a go great that far. Geography lesson for Europe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me ask you. I was going to ask you about uh, they had a very good app last year uh, for the Eurovision. Do they have a similar, same, something improved for this year? Uh, similar with a slight revamp this year. Hmm. Uh, Microsoft is the technology partner behind it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still got the same selection of uh, news from the site. It's got photos of the entrance. It's got the video, which is something that I've found really useful over the last mm. two years. Is, uh, especially since it's, it's kind of like in times of old, you got each song once and that was it. You never heard them again. Uh, now you've got pretty much you can listen to each song on demand, which is nice. It gives you a better idea as to which song is actually good as to which just uh, provides a good, a, a good first impression. And uh, hopefully it will give, you the, give our, our European friends the option to get more familiar with our own Molly Sterling and to give them 12 points 
on uh, Saturday night. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. The other huge event that is happening this weekend, which I mentioned at the beginning of the show, is the uh, Hackathon. It's an all-weekend-long hackathon taking place in DCU. Uh, I think this is the third one, and every single one seems to be getting bigger and more successful with each event. Uh, the event this weekend is hosted by PCH in partnership with DCU Innovation Campus, Intel, and ID15. I wanted to find out more about this, so I ended up getting on the phone and making a long distance telephone call, Niall. Oh my God, I called San Francisco. Can you believe it? Uh, I spoke to a very, very nice lady there called Catherine Haig at PCH in San Francisco, which indeed is an Irish company, believe it or not. You'll find out more about that. I started off, though, asking Catherine about hacking because I kind of whenever you mention hacking to somebody who's not in our community they kind of think oh you're doing something you shouldn't but somewhere you shouldn't be I asked her to describe for me what her opinion on hacking is yeah I mean I think that hacking the way we look at it is finding creative solutions and ways around things that other people might generally seem as obstacles see as obstacles Um, So, for example, in the sense of starting a hardware company, um, you have limited resources, you have limited time, and generally it would be almost impossible to create a product out of that. But by hacking, you sort of find creative ways around those limitations to come up with something really, really cool. Um, So that's really how I look at hacking. It's, um, you know, finding interesting solutions um, to, to problems, really. Definitely. It's, it's about making something working for the, what, what you want to do. Um, so this weekend coming exactly. up, this weekend coming up, we've got, a, we've got a, a weekend of hacking, a hack fest. It's, it's almost like a, a two day, uh, mm-hmm. X Factor like event. I don't know if you have X Factor or something like that in the States. Um, but it's kind of like, uh, it's like a TV talent show and then you've got judges and, and everybody votes and they get a winner. So with this hacking thing, we have people, uh, kind of coming in and saying, look, this is what we want to do. And then they're told, okay, You've got two days to make it happen, and they pick people out of the audience to help them. And at the end of the two days, uh, they have to make their uh, their presentation. Is that flesh flesh that out a bit for me? Yeah. So uh, on Friday night, all of the teams arrive. Um, we generally have about 100, 120 you know, hackers um, that come, and they all have a variety of different skills, ranging from people that are very technical on the software or hardware side to designers or non-technical people coming with more of a business or marketing background. And they all come together, and a portion of those attendees have ideas that they want to pitch. Uh, so we generally see around 30 or 40 ideas be pitched on the Friday night and then all of the different attendees vote on the ideas that they're most excited about. Uh, and this is really one of the most fun parts of the weekend, I think, for us, because we sort of see these teams organically form around ideas. And the top 15 ideas that people have voted on and are excited about are the ones that continue throughout the weekend. Um, so we see about 15 teams formed with about eight people on each team. And from Friday night through till around 4.30 on Sunday afternoon, uh, the teams work uh, on putting together a prototype, a presentation, um, a pitch deck on their idea uh, that they then present to a panel of judges uh, on the Sunday night. And we have a variety of different prizes uh, for first, second and third. So tell me about the prizes, because I was looking at the list and what I like about most normal competitions is like a prize and it's a nice treat. Uh, but the prizes for this particular uh, competition, I think, really fit in with the whole ethos of it because they're prizes that could help your idea actually become a business. Exactly. Well, at PCH, what's incredibly important to us is that we're not just 
you know, doing an event and then, you know, going away and leaving those companies for a fund for themselves. We really want to help people, you know, take that idea and get it to market. Um, so our prizes really try to reflect that and try to help the companies take that idea to the next stage. So we're offering the first place team a 3,000 euro prize, um, which is really to help them actually form the company. Um, usually a couple people on that team will actually start working on the idea full time uh, and tr- start on their path to getting that to market. Um, we also have uh, some office space for that team to continue working out of the DCU Innovation Campus. Um, along with some other really fun services, um, whether it's from design to legal services to help those companies um, you know, get to the next step. So just to kind of outline the, the, I hate to say the seriousness of it, because it is actually a terrific event and it sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of fun is what it's meant to be. But there is seriousness behind it. And you've described that with the prizes. But also you're speaking to us from the offices of PCH in San Francisco. And a lot of people who listen to our program will kind of go, PCH, uh, what's that? Sounds like something on the stock exchange or whatever. It's an Irish company um, with, with a huge amount of people working for it with offices worldwide. Briefly tell us about P- PCH. Yeah, PCH was founded by Liam Casey, I think now about 20 years ago. Uh, and his goal was to really help entrepreneurs in Europe and North America um, be able to connect with all of the manufacturing resources in China. Um, so Liam has lived in Shenzhen and sort of hopped around the world for, for decades now, helping some of the largest hardware companies in the world set up their manufacturing and supply chain um, in Shenzhen. And over the last three years, as we've seen the maker movement, we've seen um, younger startups be able to create products and get them to market. PCH has also started creating a lot of different services to help young startups bring their products to market. We have Highway One, which is our San Francisco-based incubator, um, which takes in about a dozen companies uh, a couple times a year and helps them get to a manufacturable prototype. We have PCH Access, which provides the same level of manufacturing and supply chain support that we give our biggest clients to young startups that probably wouldn't be able to afford that type of support on their own. Um, So we're incredibly passionate about helping these early-stage entrepreneurs um, really create high-quality products uh, and continue pushing forward innovation in hardware. And this is what I love about the event because it's so much more than just another competition. You know, here's here's a fun idea to, and it's a great challenge uh, and something that if you get in and do it, if you're successful at it, the people behind it, what they do is they take entrepreneurs and people with ideas like you and help you bring it to the world. And are they successful? Well, I think with 3,000 employees worldwide, offices in China, across the States and here in Ireland, I think they pretty much know what they're doing. Uh, and they're looking for more people almost to join the team and that's what the, the, the hacking thing is about tell me this is the uh, it, it's obviously been a success because this is not the first hackathon that you've done what's the the most surprising project that you've come across from Ireland so far yeah, we've had some really incredible projects coming out of Ireland, everything from a connected cash register, which won our first hackathon um, back in November, uh, through to a smart package delivery box um, that would allow people to securely receive packages to their house when they're not at home. Um, really some incredibly fun things, but we've also met some really amazing people that have gone on, you know, whether it's the idea they're working on at the hackathon or their next idea after the hackathon um, to get funding through uh, investors like Bolt, which is a hardware investor out of the States, continuing on to Highway 1, our incubator program, actually an Irish company uh, coming out of our last 
a Dublin hackathon. I started a company called Ada, uh, which is about to graduate from Highway 1 in the next few weeks. So we're incredibly excited about what they're doing uh, with their smart fertility monitor. It is an amazing event, and it's on this weekend in DCU. Uh, tickets, if you want to just come along and be a spectator, it's like a tenner to get in. That's all it is. Uh, and I presume for that, you, you're able to kind of come in on the Friday and join in the activities then, and then check in on Saturday and come back for Sunday for the for, for the finals. Uh, you can get tickets and find out more about the event on the DCU website, which is dcu.ie forward slash Innovation Campus will take you directly to the page. That's Innovation Campus at uh, dcu.ie. Meanwhile, Catherine Haig in San Francisco, thank you so much for telling us all about it. Thank you so much. It was an honour to be on the show. And can you believe that is the end of our tech radio show for this week? Thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, you can get hourly updates on tech news along with daily newsletters uh, from techcentral.ie. Niall Kitson is the man who runs it. Uh, what, what was your favourite story online this week, Niall, that we didn't get to cover on the show? Uh, yep, just a quick word about the Fove virtual reality headset. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike regular virtual reality headsets that you used, where when you're navigating your, around your, your virtual world, it relied on the movements of your head, mm. uh, the Fove actually only relies on the movements of your eyes wow. to, uh, to get around. So that's kind of cool. Actually, you can read more about that and see pictures and uh, whatnot on techcentral.ie. And of course, uh, we'll be back with our weekly tech radio show online and next Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until then, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and Nyla Tech Central HQ, take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.